0: Matthew chapter 6, today we're going to continue in the Lord's Prayer. Started here last week, and as I got to thinking about the Lord's Prayer, I got to thinking about just prayer in general, and especially around my house, uh, uh, when I think about prayer, I think about praying with my kids. Uh, You know, and it's always funny um, when you pray with children, when you invite your children to pray with you, uh, because you never know what they're going to say, you never know what they're going to bring up. Um, I, I don't know about your house, but lately we've been praying a lot at my house for snow to come. And uh, my boys have been a little disappointed. Uh, there was a few days, a few weeks in there where we've been praying at different times for, uh, for teeth to fall out. Uh, my boys do not want their teeth pulled. They cannot stand their teeth pulled. And for probably two weeks, Will had this one tooth that was just wiggling like crazy. And he wouldn't let us touch it. And he kept praying that the Lord would just let this tooth fall out. Well, the Lord's hand and my throwing arm took care of that tooth. Praise the Lord. Threw him a football last week, knocked a tooth out. God used prayer (laughs) to remove that tooth. But I I was in thinking about what kids pray about, because, you know, it's just fun to listen to kids and and how genuine they are and how uh, they tend not to hold back. They just share what's on their heart, and they tell God about the things that they most are concerned about. And so I found this list of uh, some some prayers. There was a Sunday school teacher who did this little project with her class, and she asked her kids in her class to write out a prayer to God. And so I want to share these with you because I thought they were kind of funny. So here's the first one. Dear God, I want to be just like my daddy when I get big, but not with so much hair all over. Signed, Sam. Next one. Here we go. Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but what I prayed for was a puppy. Joyce. (laughs) Next one. Here we go. Dear God, if you let the dinosaur not extinct, we would not have a country. You did the right thing. Jonathan, (laughs) I like that. You did the right thing. All right, next one. Dear God, instead of letting people die and having to make new ones, why don't you just keep the the ones you got now, Jane? It's kind of sweet, isn't it? But it's kind of sincere, you know? Next one. Dear God, I went to this wedding and they kissed right in church. Is that okay? That's a good question. Okay, next one. Dear God, please send Dennis Clark to a different camp this year, (laughs) Peter. And then last one, last one, here we go. Dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in my family, and I can never do it. It's good, isn't it? It's just honest goodness. That's what kids pray about. Well, today we're getting into the second half of the Lord's Prayer. Last week we looked at the first half, which focused on God's name, God's kingdom, God's will. And in a sense, Jesus was teaching us to pray, submitting ourselves to the Lord every single day. God, I am yours. It's not about my kingdom. It's not about my name. It's not about my will. It's about your kingdom, your name, your will. Let my life make you great. Let my life lift you high. God, that's what we're going to be praying about. But today, I thought about really just covering the rest of the Lord's Prayer today, but then God made me slow down a little bit. And so we're really just going to look at verse 11 today. Just one verse, but that doesn't mean we're getting out early. Verse 11 says this, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. I want us to see this morning what all this one verse has to teach us. First thing I believe this verse teaches us is this, that God actually cares about our needs. That the God of heaven, our Lord and Father in heaven, our creator actually cares about the things that we need. He cares for our physical Needs, You know, if you were to pick up the Lord's Prayer, or if you were to, to only come to church last Sunday and hear me preach on what I preached about, and you were to only think of the Lord's Prayer as this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if you were to stop reading right there, and that's all you read, you might think that we weren't supposed to pray for our needs. You, you might think that maybe we're just supposed to focus on God's character and our needs will just disappear into the background. Just take our eyes off our needs and focus on Jesus. Maybe you've heard that before. But instead, what do we read? Immediately after Jesus prayed, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He goes right to this. Give us this day our daily bread. It seems like Jesus is going up and up and up to spiritual matters in the first half of that prayer, and he focuses our, our, our thoughts on the heights of heaven, but then he goes right back down to our most basic need, bread. You know, some might think that God wouldn't care about our physical needs. I've heard someone argue before that, you know, when Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil, that Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone but only by the very Word of God. And so therefore, we shouldn't worry about our next meal. We shouldn't worry about our physical needs. Just just keep looking to Jesus. But but if you made that assumption, I believe you would be wrong. Because when we look to Scripture, throughout Scripture, we actually find out that God does genuinely, wholeheartedly care about our needs. I, I mean, just consider for a moment the creation of the world. God creates Adam and Eve, and what is the first thing that He does? He places them in a garden and gives them instructions to work and to keep that garden so that their physical needs would be provided for, right? God's first thought was to provide for their physical needs. Or think about the ministry of Jesus. Think about the number of times as He traveled around teaching and preaching that He would stop to heal the sick, to to make the lame, to walk, to cure the leper to give sight to the blind, to bring the dead back to life, to feed thousands. In fact, I believe if we were to study the Gospels, what we would find is the vast majority of Jesus' time was spent with those who were physically hurting, with those who were in deep need. And so what does all that point to? It points to this, that our God actually cares for our needs. He cares about your daily bread. And we see it right here in this this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. The God of this universe, the one who created everything that there is, literally billions, trillions, maybe even galaxies in this universe, that he is holding together by the word of his power, that same God that is holding everything together actually cares about the food on your plate. That's love. That's compassion. That's care. Give us this day our daily bread. Now let's just think for a second about what that word bread means. Um, For the Jew of Jesus' day, bread represented the most essential physical need of a human being. Every human being needed food, sustenance, Nutrition and that phrase, "daily bread," there might have even reminded the the Jew of that manna that was provided during that wilderness wandering way back in the Book of Exodus. Whenever God gave the manna every single day, Monday through or Sunday through Friday, you know they were to collect bread, and on Friday they were to collect the double portion, so they would provide for them on on the Sabbath, on Saturday, you know. and, And so and so God cared about. They're their bread that, that represented bread. you know. I heard a story one time talking about kids praying about this um, a young little five-year-old girl who sat down to breakfast with her mom, and she settled in to pray her morning prayer, and she said, thank you, Father and Son, for the holy toast. And I thought, you know what? Her theology is not really that far off, because God does care. He gives us permission here to pray for our daily bread, for the food that we are to receive. But I don't think that prayer stops there. I think what Jesus is actually trying to represent with that phrase daily bread is what is everything that is necessary for our daily life. And what all would that include? Food, shelter, clothing, health, a job so that we can provide for our families, financial stability, healthy relationships, you know, Cures for sickness and disease, transportation. I think we could go on and on. Christ is saying that the God of this universe cares about those needs. And He wants us to cry out to Him for those needs. He wants to provide those things. Just, just like an earthly parent would, would make sure to care for the physical needs of their child, so our Heavenly Father wants to care for our physical needs. Second thing I think this prayer teaches is this is that we are dependent upon God to meet those needs. And so we have a God who cares for our physical needs. And secondly, we have a God who we're absolutely dependent upon to meet those needs. Jesus prayed this Give us this day our daily bread. You know, contrary to popular belief, none of us in this room are self sufficient. We are not truly, genuinely independent. Uh, we think we are. We, we think that we're go-getters. We, 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 you know, we go out there and we make money and we bring it home and we, we're doing well. And we're, we're independent. We provide for our own family and all these kind of things. But we're not. Really and truly, we are all dependent. And we're like that way our entire life. Think about it from the moment of birth. Have you ever met an independent baby? No, you haven't. Those are little freeloaders, aren't they? They can't do anything for themselves. They just lay around crying, expecting you to do everything for them. And as a baby grows into a toddler and into a child and into a teenager, you know what? It's like this slow process of them trying to gain independence and trying to do things for themselves. But so we think that's the case. But really and truly, we're not independent. We're just creatures created by a God in heaven. And so we're not the source of life. He is. We can't keep our hearts beating. Only God does that. We can't keep our lungs working or our minds working. Only God does that. Uh, We can do all that we can to preserve our health. We can go to the gym. We can eat healthy. But really and truly, it's up to God, is it not? How long you live and how healthy you are. It's really and truly up to the Lord. I mean, that skill that you have that got you that job, that didn't come from you. That came from God. That brain of yours that that makes you good at your profession, that that came from God. That that knack to make smart business moves, that that came from the Lord. Um, And so we think we're independent, but really and truly, we're dependent upon the Lord every single day. Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Every single day that we wake up, we are dependent upon God's goodness to provide For our needs. And at any moment, God could withdraw that if He so chose to. At any moment He could pull that away. I think we forget that. I mean, I think if we were to travel to some other country um, to meet Christians who were impoverished, I think we would we would hear a different passion in this prayer for daily bread. We would hear the desperation. We would hear the cry. We would hear the, the sense of dependence in their voice. In in fact, in reality, I don't even think you have to travel that far. Just go find somebody right now who is struggling physically, hanging on for dear life, and ask them if they're independent. No, they would tell you, if it's a believer, they would say, I am dependent upon the Lord and the Lord alone to bring me out of this. You would get that sense of dependence in their lives. You know, the sad truth, the danger is is that our wealth, our skills, our health, our past success can, can fool us into thinking we don't need to pray this prayer. I don't need to pray for God to give me my daily bread. i got two weeks of groceries in the pantry. I'm good to go. I've got it covered. I can provide for myself. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. God, God often meets those needs through human means, jobs, supply chains, farmers. But ultimately, He is the one that meets that need. And those needs are met because God chooses to need, meet the need. A doctor might apply medicine, but it's God that chooses to heal. A company might give you a job, but it's God that provided the opportunity. God is the one that provides. And Philippians 4.19 tells us this, that my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And so we're dependent. And praise the Lord, we have a God who is more than able to supply that need. Now now let me give a warning here. Um, This isn't a promise when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, this isn't a promise that God's going to give us our entire Amazon.com wish list. Uh, this, this, God's not giving us a blank check and saying, you can ask for anything that you want, and you're going to get it. Um, I, I think about the Israelites in the wilderness. When they went to collect that manna, God told them, take only what you need for that day. And on Friday, they said, go out and take this day's and the next day's. Don't take any more. Don't take any less. And the ones who got greedy would go out there and try to take more. And what happened to it? Rotted. Stank. The ones who took just what they needed found that they always had just what they needed. You know, I believe that that Christ is encouraging us here to pray for our needs, not luxuries. He's telling us to pray for our daily bread, not dessert, in a sense. You know, I once heard of a minister who, who made a habit of saying that if we wanted luxury cars, or if we wanted fancy clothes, then it was God's will for us to have those things. And he took that from a bad interpretation of Psalm chapter 37 verse four, which says this, "Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart." And this guy really did truly believe, and he taught others that if the desire of my heart was to have these fancy things, and if I really was delighting in the Lord, that God was going to give me those things. And that if I didn't get those things, it meant I wasn't praying right or I didn't have enough faith. That's foolishness. Remember what we prayed last week? We're praying for God's kingdom to come, not our own. It's not about my kingdom. It's not about me building up my name. It's about God's kingdom. And so I think it's wise that when we come to the Lord in prayer, we need to ask ourselves, is this thing I'm asking for for my sake and my kingdom, or is this for the Lord's sake and the Lord's kingdom? Now, does God often give us more than we need? Absolutely. Does, does Sometimes does He like to show off His love for us? By pouring out his blessings upon us, praise the Lord, yes, he does. But I think it can be easy to get our needs and our wants confused, and we begin to get greedy. We begin to want more and more and more and more. It's kind of like this. Uh, growing up, I used to like to go to my grandparents. They had a farm up in Dyer, Tennessee, and um, had a lot of farmland. I had a dog up there. I didn't get to have a dog at home. We just never had one, have, had one every, off and on, but never really had one up but up there at the farm, we had a little dog named Brownie. Now, Brownie was a Heinz 57 butt. I don't know really know what kind of dog it was, but Brownie wasn't, wasn't, too, uh, wasn't the smartest of dogs, couldn't fetch or anything, kind of just liked the belly rub all the time. You know, Every time it'd come up to you, flop on her belly, her back, get you to rub her belly, and then you'd fo- she'd follow you around and do the same thing again. But in a way, I think that Brownie really lived like the dream dog's life. And this is what I mean because Brownie got all the food she ever wanted. That dog got all the food, got all the table scraps, all that kind of stuff she ever wanted. And then whenever she got done eating, she just had the wilderness to roam around in. And so she could just go to the farm and into the woods and all this kind of stuff. And then when she wanted to get a belly rub, she come and found a person and got a belly rub. And then she went back at it. But inevitably, in all that traveling through the woods, Brownie picked up a lot of ticks, you know? Um, and every time we would go up there, my dad would always get, start picking ticks off of her. Well, you know, ticks are like, they're kind of strange bugs, you know? Um, I, I've heard them called the uh, the overeaters of the insect world. You know, they can't jump, and so literally what they do is they get in a bush or they get in a tree or something, and they wait for something to go underneath, and they fall onto it, and they latch onto their host. And once they latch onto their host, they can swell like seven to ten times their size. And they, li- they literally... Uh, Cannot stop. I've heard one person describe it as saying that they have the disease of more. They constantly want to eat more and more and more and more until they literally cannot eat anymore, physically cannot handle it. They fall off of whatever host animal they're on, and then you know what happens? They lay there because they can't move. Because they're so large, they've grown so big that they can't get up. And you know what happens? Oftentimes they lay there and something else comes by and eats them because they can't get up and defend themselves. You know, sometimes I think we can have a little bit of tick in us. I think we can get infected with the disease of more. We start wanting more and more. We see others and we become envious of what they have. Uh, We we think, if I just had the next thing, if I could just get to that next line, if I could just make that next accomplishment, you know, I'd be happy. And then we even start to pray like that, and, and we start to say, God, if I could just get into that school... If I could just find the right relationship, if I could just um, get that car or that truck or buy that house or get into that neighborhood or get that promotion at work, God, if you would just bless me with that, God, then finally I'd be happy. And sometimes we even like to mask those prayers um, in humility. We like to mask those prayers with, with godly things. I mean, let me just be honest. This happens in the preacher world a lot. You know, as a, as a pastor, as a preacher, um, sometimes you can get, get the disease of more, and you start thinking, man, if we could just get some more people. And, and you you mask that and say, because I want God, I want lives to be changed, and I want people to come to the Lord. But it really and truly, sometimes in a preacher's heart, it really just becomes about their own ego. And if I could just get more people in the room to listen to me, then, oh, man, that would be great. But it really, it's not about God's kingdom. It's about my own kingdom. You know, sometimes we can get infected with that disease of more. And then you know what happens once we get that more? You know what you realize? It ain't enough. And then you want something more. And then that ain't enough. And then you want something more. And then that ain't enough. And the more becomes the thing we worship instead of the one who created it. It becomes that thing that consumes our time. It consumes our energy. It steals our attention from the Lord. And along the way, we stop pursuing Christ and seeking His fulfillment, and we start seeking fulfillment from the things of this world. And so I think in a way, Jesus praying, give us this day our daily bread, teaches us not only dependence, but also satisfaction. That our satisfaction our fulfillment are to come from the Christ. And so last point I want to make is this. Is that I believe that our physical needs... Point to spiritual needs. That Jesus is giving this prayer and it's talking about a physical need, but I think he's also trying to point us to a spiritual need. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. The more I studied this passage this week, the hungrier I got. All this talk about bread just made me hungry. Um, and I I don't know about you, but I think that bread might be the kryptonite of my uh, my you know eating plan. Um, I, I tend to get hooked on bread. I see a few people nodding their heads. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You go to a restaurant and they drop a loaf of bread on your, on your table and you cannot say no. It's like chips in a Mexican place. You just cannot push it away. Or, or take this for instance. Like I don't know if how many of you like to go to O'Charlie's, but I love those hot buttery yeast rolls. You know what I'm talking about? And, and they, that waiter comes out and drops that first one. And if you go to a really good O'Charlie's, they'll give you like two rolls per person. And then you just pop those down, swallow them, and then you're thinking, where's the next basket? You're looking around, waiter, you know, calling to the waiter, they bring you another basket. And you know what happens almost every time I go there, happens to me, happens to my kids, definitely, um, is that you know your main meal is coming. You know you came for the meal, not for the rolls. Although in college, I did go a couple times and get water and rolls, and that was it, not going to lie. Um, but you know you came for the rolls, but you know what what happens? You end up eating so many rolls that you can't eat the food that you ordered. Then they bring your food to your plate, and you take about three bites, and you say, oh, man, I'm full. And you filled yourself up in the filler, and you can't even really enjoy what you came for. You know, the truth is you can have every physical need met in your life. You can have every one of your wants met, too. You can, have, you can earn millions of dollars, have every car, every fancy truck, everything that you possibly want, have the biggest house in the world, but without Jesus, it's not worth it. You can get yourself filled up on those things, but you will never find true, genuine satisfaction. All those possessions just become stuff that your kids have to deal with when you die. They don't ever really give you the fulfillment that you think they're going to. And you know, I think really and truly that that desire within us for more is just God's little reminder that you're never going to find it here and that the fulfillment that you seek is only going to come from the Lord Jesus. I believe Adrian Rogers used to say it, and I can't remember who he quoted it from, but he used to say that, or maybe it was Billy Graham used to say, that there's a God-shaped vacuum in every person that only God can fill. And, you know, we try to fit every type of thing into that, and it's like putting a, a round peg in a square hole. It never is going to fill it up until we turn to Jesus, the one and only person who can fill that void. Jesus told us, I am the bread of life, John six thirty five. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And so let me ask you this morning, are you satisfied in the Lord? Are you looking to Him for your fulfillment? Are you living a life that is dependent upon Him? Today, if you're not, I believe today is a day of rededication for you. Today is a day to really turn to the Lord and saying, Lord, it's all yours. Would you pray with me? Father God, how you love us, how you care for us, your word makes it clear that you genuinely have a desire to meet our needs and you've taught us to pray give us this day our daily bread and we come here today recognizing that we are dependent upon you everything that we have is because of you but father sometimes we can fool ourselves we begin to think that we're independent but we can do things on our own And then we begin to want more and more and more and we fail to be satisfied with the daily bread that you've given us and with the relationship that we have with you so father i pray that you would convict our hearts as believers to truly genuinely seek after you to come to you praying depending upon you and to be satisfied with you and you alone Father, I pray for the spiritual hearts of these people. I pray that if there be one in this room today who has never experienced the gift of eternal life that Jesus promises through His death, burial, and resurrection, that today would be that day of salvation. God, we've just been so exciting. We've celebrated several salvations here recently, and I'm praying for more. God, I'm praying for life change. Father, if there's someone in this room that needs to, to give their life to you, to pray receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, to receive the forgiveness of sin that only he can give, I pray that today would be that day. And if there are Christians that need to make decisions in this room for rededication or church membership, or maybe they've never followed through with believer's baptism, I pray that today would be their new beginning. In Christ's name, we do pray these things. Amen. will you stand as we sing?